Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. On this channel, we have simple goals. We want to inspire investors to move forward. We want to create belief that one rental at a time is possible. And we want to help you take positive steps forward. If you want to learn more about your host, Michael Zuber, please go to Amazon and buy his book, self-titled or self-published, One Rental at a Time. I believe there's a link in the description. If you're ready to get started with buy and hold rentals, but unsure what to do, I strongly encourage you to consider buying our online course. It gives you the tools to get started, help you learn your market, allows you to compare deals, and so much more. Lastly, by buying the course, you are granted access to a private Facebook group where I and my students interact daily. Everyone is equal, and we just keep helping everyone move forward. It is so much fun to watch, and again, I believe a link is in the description. With that, on with the show. Hey there, everyone. How you doing today? So real quick, I wanted to create a second video today because uh, we're, you know, we're about to take off to Fresno for the ribbon cutting and all of those great things, uh, but I wanted to make sure you had something else to watch if you would like. Uh, based on all the great feedback from yesterday's video about how to make a million dollars wholesaling, which really wasn't about making a million dollars wholesaling, but more about how do you break down your goal, your business into bite-sized chunks so you can track activity early and you can know if you are in trouble of missing or frankly, exceeding your number. So I shared with you exactly how I would break down my quota uh, as a sales leader, whether it was first line, second line, whatever that happened to be, basically into a set of discrete activities uh, that allowed me to look at what my team was doing and turn the dials early, uh, which helped us exceed our quotas most years. Seems like you all like that. I had some great comments, actually had my most, had my favorite comment ever. Uh, yesterday, which was awesome. Thank you, Michael, for that. I uh, actually put it out on Instagram. Hope that's okay. But what I thought I would do is I would follow that video up again with my experience being a sales leader. And because I see a lot of the same behavior and characteristics in real estate entrepreneurship, and I thought I would talk about what I see, again, based on my history of being an enterprise sales professional. So let me bring this up and we can talk about it. So what I wanna do in this particular video is talk about two different types of sales professionals. Now I'm gonna talk about these sales professionals from an enterprise software sales background and experience, but I'm gonna do my best to relate it to the real estate entrepreneurs that are watching this channel. Maybe you're a solopreneur being a wholesaler, maybe you're a flipper, and you're really struggling trying to manage everything. I really truly believe one of the things you need to identify up front is what kind of sales person are you? And I don't care if you want to call yourself an owner of a company or whatever you are, you're still selling. So um, 
without further ado, let's get into what I call the two types of salespeople or real estate entrepreneurs. So again, there are two types. I won't belabor the point, but there are two. There are hunters and then there are farmers, right? So we're going to go through the characteristics of each. Um, neither, again, is good or bad, uh, but each of them has a trait. Each of them kind of attacks their business differently. And because they have a different set of activities and actions and all of that, there are, I don't know, ramifications or things that come out of that. So first and foremost, hunters, right? They're 100% they're without question about the deal. If you're cold calling, it's about the house. It's about, you know, can I buy it? Can I buy it? Can I buy it? Right? It's, it's about that. Uh, you close at all costs. Uh, his, you know, these could be seen as, uh, you know, you're willing to say whatever you have to do to get the deal done, right? You're trying to get to the closing table as fast as possible. Uh, you're willing to cut corners, things of that nature. Speed, 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 right? Time to deal is time to close or time to the deal is often the greatest driver of hunters. And, um, you know, I have seen uh, I have seen some amazing things from sales reps who I call hunters get the time to deal. They get into a new account. And there's a deal in 90 days. I mean, it's just amazing what can happen when you're focused on speed and getting the deal, right? You're all about getting the check and celebration and, you know, just that thrill, that, that high you get from, from bringing a, a deal over the line or closing on a house or getting an assignment fee, whatever it is, right? You're all about that. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's what drives a hunter. Uh, but let's be clear when you are a hunter, uh, you're not hiding, right? The buyer, or it may be if you're in real estate, the seller, they know exactly where you're coming from, right? You're not some, you know, you're not a wolf in sheep's clothing. You're a freaking wolf and you are there to get something done and you want to get it done fast, or you're going to cut bait and move on. So just realize as a hunter, um, again, you're not hiding, you're not fooling anyone and nor do you want to, right? You're not trying to hide. You're, you're, it, you know, you're paid to do something and you want to get something done and you're getting after it. Uh, so realize that that's, um, you know, that's a reality. Uh, you know, the greatest reality of a hunter is you ask for the deal early and often. You know, frankly, if you could ask for a deal before you said your name, you would right? Uh, can I buy your house? No, great. Hang up. Can I buy your house? No, great. Hang up. Can I buy your house? No, great. Hang up. Right? If you're a hunter, you are, you, you again, see speed and speed to you is, can I buy your house? That's what you want to do, right? So ask, can I buy your house? 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 That works. That absolutely can work. I have known some very, very successful hunters in my day, but realize that there is another way. So farmers, farmers focus on the relationship first. It's not, Hey, can I buy your house? It's, Hey, I'm looking for a house in the area. I happen to see you or an owner. Uh, what do you think of it? Right. It's about trying to get some kind of relationship bridge, whatever you want to call it built. And you're not asking for the deal, at least up front. You're trying to understand the seller, the buyer, right? 
Oh, great. Why do you, when did you move in? Oh, you know, you raised your kids there. How, what school system? What do you think? Have you seen any changes? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you know, is there, you know, any, anything I could do to help? You know, it's, it's a very different conversation. You're not really considering time, right? You are doing action items and follow-ups and summaries and, and you know, you're moving the ball forward, but it's at a cadence that you and the seller buyer is comfortable with. You know, one of the things you'll see with farmers is they do need to hold themselves accountable. Uh, they do need to focus on moving the ball forward because again, time is, a, is, is wasted, time is money. And that's the greatest risks with farmers is you forget that time is money. You know, one of the things that I often see with farmers is there's a help first attitude, right? Uh, help first, buy later. Um, you know, that can come back to bite you uh, sometimes, but, you know, more often than not, it, it's a help, but it takes time, right? Where the hunter could already be onto the second or third deal or closing right? The farmer could still be building that relationship. Frankly, buyers and or sellers become friends, part of your network. They'll be part of it for years to come. And that's where farmers really start to win is when they can survive long enough to reap the rewards of a growing network. Farmers ask for referrals, offer help long before asking for a deal, right? If you're a farmer, Right. Let's talk about this first. If you're a hunter, you are absolutely asking for the deal in the first appointment. No question. If you're a farmer, you might not ask for a deal ever. You may not. If you get that vibe during the relationship building that it's not there, but you will absolutely ask for referrals because you're building a friendship. Right. You may know that your friend's not looking to sell for five years because their kids are about to go to high school and they want to go there forever. But you know what? You have a relationship now, ask if they know someone. So that's really the wrinkle with farmers. So my history with hunters, uh, I was absolutely a hunter for about six to eight years. It's all blurred together now. But there was no question when I came into software sales, I was all about me. Uh, I wanted to... Um, I was, I was put into an environment, employee 13 of a company uh, where I, you know, you were eat what you kill, right? If you got the deal done, you got paid, forget everybody else. And um, that kind of fit with who I was at the time. It was, you know, a very me, me, me attitude back then. And, uh, you know, I thrived in a eat what you kill environment. You know, looking back on it, it was very stressful. and probably unhealthy um, and not as much fun as it should have been. Hunters can have record years. You know, you're a hunter and you have a yearly quota and you're getting stuff done two or three X faster than anybody else. You can come out of nowhere and surprise people. Um, you could build huge, huge pipelines. You can get deals closed in record time. It, it absolutely, you could be shot out of a cannon if you're a hunter. Unfortunately, there is a downside to going fast. You can leave a trail of carnage behind you if you overcommit and underdeliver. If you shave the truth, if you if you skip proof of concept or you whatever it happens to be, if you're cutting corners, 
Hunters can, if you're not careful, hurt themselves. I have seen plenty of hunters bounce around from company to company, from idea to idea, because they have this splash of success and then they just can't keep up, right? They, their Rolodex is burned out. Nobody wants to talk to them anymore. They're known as the person that under-delivered or you know, maybe not lied, but certainly misled. Um, again, hunters, again, focus on the check, the payment, the reward, and time or speed and very little else. That really is what makes up a hunter. I, again, absolutely include myself as a hunter for the first six to eight years of my sales career. If you're going to be a farmer, and this was something I evolved into, um, you can become a, I became a farmer by watching successful lifelong sales reps repeatedly have record years and frankly live on low stress, uh, be low stress. If you're a farmer and you can get past the first investment of time and growing your network, your network is going to start bringing you deals and you're going to have a fuller pipeline with less stress. People are going to want to do you favors over time if you build these networks and nurture them. When you're a farmer, you invest time up front, um, but you must make sure that these, you still have leads and you get created and convert to early stage. Because again, I have seen some farmers so focused on others and relationships that they forget to put food on the table and they are asked to leave the organization or their business dries up because they just can't keep the lights on. Farmers need to realize that you have to keep the lights on that first year. If you are a wholesaler or a flipper and you are so focused on building your network and that's who you are and all of that, you've got to find a way to keep food on the table so that it can pay off in the future. However, once you're over the hump of time and the return, farmers get half their deals and pipeline, again, from their past network. Think about it. If you've taken the time to create 40 friendships in your business, those are 40 people that can make referrals. And if they only bring one a year, you're going to live for, you're going to eat forever. But again, you've got to remember, you've got to feed yourself now also. Farmers can stay in one place for decades and never leave. Because they're at, and their average sales careers are low stress, not no stress. Being in sales is hard. But you're going to be lower stressed than a hunter who is out there burning everything and trying to find the last deal. It's a horrible existence if you're a hunter. But if you're a farmer, you, again, you've got to remember to eat, eat in that first year. Farmers focus on growing the network and helping and then the deal. That's the biggest difference. The hunter is about the deal first. The farmer is about their network helping and then the deal. So this is probably the simplest way I can show the difference between a hunter and a farmer. It is simple. It's basically three circles. I didn't make it pretty or anything, but this is how I see it. Right? If this is the overall market for whatever you're selling, maybe you're a wholesaler cold calling, that's your market of available people. Hunters, you are absolutely going to find deals and you are going to thrive if you can find stuff inside that green circle, right? And if you find those and you get good at finding those, you are going to have record years. 
but you have to realize you're only going to be hitting a percentage because when you call people on the phone or text them and say, I want to buy your house. 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 You're missing 80, 90, 95% of people. But again, if you find the little, the little niche that's like, yeah, this thing sucks. I'm a frustrated landlord. I just got hit with a penalty. If you catch them at the right time and they're in the green box or the green circle, uh, you are good to go. But here's what a farmer has. A farmer actually can create a market that is bigger than the target market because they're not only worried about their current existing market, but they are building relationships that will last for years and if not decades and ask for referrals and all of these other things, right? So the market that is available to farmers is simply bigger and it's simply out there. And it can be, if you can survive that first year, that first investment period, very, very fun place to be. So in the end, uh, if you're a wholesaler or a real estate, real estate professional, just know yourself, know which one you are and be okay with it. It's totally fine to be a hunter or a farmer. If you're a hunter, don't act like a farmer. If you're a farmer, don't act like a hunter. Just know yourself. Manage thyself. Manage to your key performance indicators. Right? If you know, don't know what I mean, go back and watch the video yesterday on how to make a million dollars wholesaling. If you're a hunter, you're going to act one way. And if you're a farmer, you're going to act a different way. You're going to have different indicators, different tracks, different things you're looking for if you're a hunter or a farmer. Again, neither one of these is better or worse. Uh, I know very successful hunters and farmers. There are ramifications, there are differences on the output, but neither is bad, neither is better. Just understand who you are. You can also absolutely evolve. If you come out of the gate hot and you jump into wholesaling or flipping because you're chasing the money, chasing the money, chasing the money, uh, you can absolutely evolve and mature and change into something else, like a farmer. And frankly, something I did as my career evolved. Hunters, what you need to do is you need to avoid hurting your reputation. Your reputation is all you have in this business. And if you cut corners too often with too many people and don't deliver, your reputation will be garbage and you will be out. Farmers, you need to remember to feed yourself while you are starting this business. Too many farmers starve to death which means kill their business because they're too focused on relationships and network and they just can't feed themselves. So if you're a hunter, be careful about your reputation. And if you're a farmer, don't forget to feed yourself. So again, this is just sales training for real estate entrepreneurs. If you are in real estate and you have other questions about sales training or sales topics, send me a note. Uh, maybe it's something I have experience and it would be help me create a video that you find valuable. Again, if you haven't watched the video on how to make a million dollars wholesaling, I suggest it. Uh, it's gotten a lot of great reviews. Uh, basically, it just breaks down your business into trackable chunks uh, that allow you to have early indications of what's going on. And if you know what type of sales professional you are, know the downside. If you're a hunter, go after it. It's a thrill. But realize there is a downside, so watch your reputation. If you're a farmer, awesome. But realize you have to feed yourself first or you could be in trouble. All right, everybody, have a great day. I'm going to go uh, wire some money for a couple of houses and then head out to the hub for a ribbon cutting. Take care.